Hey, it's good to be back with you. We start this way always. Thanks for being with us. As always, we pray we're a blessing to you. We're still uh, doing, doing a focus on the Holy Spirit, and our focus uh, is uh, moving toward uh, Ascension Day, which is going to be the, the 26th of May. And you're going to be hearing about this even more, but you're going to need to experience this because I won't be talking to you again until that, that day's already going to be passed. So on Thursday, May 26th, it's Ascension Day. It's 40 days after the Lord raised from the dead. He lived and then he ascended. Find ways to read scripture about the Ascension and then also just give him worship today. Give him thanks for the fact that He's ascended to the right hand of the Father. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the Holy Spirit. It's not a very long sermon because we have some things going on in our service and person uh, that are going to be added to that, that day. And we have some people coming back, some things going on, and uh, that we're not going to be able to, to broadcast to you. But I uh, want to give you this challenge that we're going to be giving them. It's Acts 9.31. Let me read it. So the church throughout all Judea and Galilee and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, it multiplied. Uh, a big focus on the, the word multiplied. Let's pray together. Uh, Father, help me to be a plain preacher today so plain a child would understand me. Help me to be in tune to your Holy Spirit any word of knowledge you give to me to speak to anybody listening or watching or both. Uh, Lord, if uh, prompt me with it, I want to be obedient to speak to it. And then uh, you uh, look at all of us, but you see me differently uh, as your teacher and your preacher. And I know there's a great judgment on my life in that capacity. And I know that. And I accept my place in rightly dividing your words. In the name of Jesus, I pray his name that I preach. Amen. Uh, in Acts, just the whole book of Acts, written by Luke, the Gospel of Luke is volume one, Acts is volume two. There's a movement of the Holy Spirit. Uh, and uh, the Holy Spirit, remember, is a person who, who helps bring that movement of God. So today I, wanna, I want you to see that the Holy Spirit has emotions. Um, and again, that's bringing him into the picture that he is a person. He has emotions. Uh, one of the one of the one of the great ways to, to begin looking at this is Galatians five twenty two and twenty three. It says this is the fruit of the spirit, and this obviously is what the spirit is targeting in our life, and it's evidence of his presence in our life. And that is that uh, it says the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faith and gentleness and self-control against there's no law. There's no policy about that. Nope. It's, it's all living that out. So the evidence of the Holy Spirit are even these emotions in our life, which shows that he himself has emotion. And that is something he's trying to target into our lives to live this way, no matter the season of our life. But two things I want to handle today is that the Holy Spirit can be grieved. Uh, and uh, the grieving process is an emotion. Uh, Isaiah 63.10, it says, But they rebelled and grieved his Holy Spirit. So he, he became their enemy and fought against them. Um, 
the picture here of grieving is a rebellion. And we're going to hang on to that because we're going to have that again at the end of, end of our sermon as a challenge. And then there's Ephesians 4.30. It says, And don't grieve God's Holy Spirit. You were sealed by him for the day, uh, from the day of redemption in your own life. Uh, so the, the picture here, the picture of grieving in Isaiah and the picture of grieving in Ephesians is that there is a uh, there is a there there is a rebellion? There's a resistance going down, uh, and there the, uh, he's wanting to remove that rebellion. You're going to see that clear here in a minute. But he wants he wants to get all of us out of a state of rebellion, out of a nature of rebellion. Uh, rebellion, if if not careful, can be habitual. It's just something we just keep getting into. And it says it, it brings him sorrow. Grief, to see me and you in a rebellion against God brings the Holy Spirit sorrow. Great grief to see our lives that way. Uh, it's insulting to him and offensive to him. Uh, now, let me put it on a smaller measure for you for just a moment. Uh, again, you and I are not the Holy Spirit. We're not, we're, and he's not us. He, he's in us. He guides and directs us. Uh, and what I'm going to get ready to tell you doesn't mean that you and I are batting a thousand, okay? That we're, that we're just absolutely sin free. But have you ever wanted to help somebody and you held, had the ability to help somebody, but they just wouldn't take it? It, it, it could be all kinds of, it could be physical. I mean, meaning you're helping them get through a tough time and there's they they need a yard mow they need a car fix they need something and you could offer and they just not they're just resistant to it it becomes frustrating to you um, it could be advice that you're giving and here i am becoming an older generation and uh i've you know i've been knocked down a time or two right and uh i've gone through some suffering and some struggles right and do i have some advice to a younger generation of course doesn't mean I'm bad a thousand, doesn't mean I'm always right, but I, I can give advice to younger generations and other people, and they just don't want to take it. They don't want to hear it. They don't want to adhere to it. And it can be frustrating because you know what you're trying to do and help would help make their life better. Uh, that's a small scale, and again, we're not the Holy Spirit, but can you imagine that the Holy Spirit knows the next steps for me and you to step out of that rebellious attitude, and then you and I don't do it. Can you imagine how insulting that can be? And, and it just makes him grieve because he, he knows he can help us if we'll just follow the next steps when it comes out of that. And I believe in the Holy Spirit next steps. I believe that with all my heart, no matter what situation you're in, that the Holy Spirit has next steps for you to live and to, and to work through <clears throat> to get us out of some of our situations that we are in. So I wanted you to see that the fruit of the Spirit is of Him and it has emotion in it and He wants us to be a part of it. That's a target to live out Galatians 5, 22 and 23. I want you to see that He has emotion because He grieves when we don't allow him to get us out of a rebellious nature. 
Then in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 19, there's another emotion that is similar, <clears throat> but it is the word quenched, that we quench the Holy Spirit. And in 1 Thessalonians 5, 19, it's just a real quick verse, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Um, that uh, the picture here is that uh, quenching means you're putting out the fire. Uh, I've, I've, I've heard and I've read that a lot of people have had visions about awakening and revival, uh, that they've seen maps and the maps in their vision <clears throat> would catch on fire and it just sweep like a wildfire like we're seeing in California, we've seen in Colorado and, 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 there, and it can get so dry that we see it here too. In uh, uh, the picture of this is that the Holy Spirit is a fire and that we're putting it out. We're quenching the Holy Spirit. We're, we're, we're dampening it. And, and the, 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 the picture here is that the Holy Spirit is to move uh, like a wildfire. In fact, I, I can remember early on in my 20s as a young preacher that I would go preach revivals. And do you know what they called them? They called them brush fires. They, they didn't say, hey, preacher, come preach a revival for us. We, we want an old-fashioned brush fire. Now, we didn't literally catch anything on fire, but it was a picture that it could spark the Holy Spirit, and then the Holy Spirit would move like a fire. Now, uh, that's not too off base for us to think that a symbol of the Holy Spirit can be a fire. The Bible says that God is a consuming fire. I want you to see Matthew 3.11, just in this simplicity. Uh, see, uh, I baptize you with water for repentance, but the one who is coming after me is more powerful than I. This is John speaking. I am not worthy to remove his sandals. That's John talking about Jesus. And he himself will baptize, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. And if you're looking at the verse, and fire. Okay, he will do that. So the, the picture is uh, that you are putting out the Spirit. There's a passages in the New Testament that says, serve the Lord fervently. And the words that are used there is be on fire uh, for the Lord. And so quenching is putting out the Holy Spirit's movement, is putting out his fire. We're stifling his work. We're suppressing his influence. So uh, I want you to see the emotion there because this is going to be very important. We're going to we're going to, we're going to work this all together here in just a moment. But he, he uh, the fruit of the spirit it contains emotion. That scripture says he is grieved, and grieving is an emotion. Uh, that he is quenched, and that is an emotion to the point that he is. It, it, we're putting out his fire, um, but. He, he is he is grieved and quenched. Uh, it's bringing great sorrow on him, stifling what he does because of his intent for us in the church. Um, I, we could say, you know, I can make a statement that I think church is a little bit stagnant, and uh, we could go, well, the preacher could, you know, we we could get a younger preacher, a more educated preacher, hellfire and brimstone preacher. Uh, a preacher that spits and hollers, you know, uh, we could uh, do all, you know, it's, it's the preacher's fault, it's whatever's fault. I'm just going to tell you, I believe that the Holy Spirit 
is is attempting to move everybody that's listening to me today, watching, whichever capacity you're doing that. Uh, he's trying to move you out of a state of rebellion and resistance. And I believe we know that. But you and I have put out the fire of the Holy Spirit. And you're going, why do I not see a movement of God? And it's because we're not welcoming his movement in our lives to move us out of rebellion. I, I, I believe that's happening. Uh, I, I believe in our own way. We're like, I'm going to do it my way. And when that happens, we're grieving and we're quenching the Holy Spirit. And we are taught very in an imperative way not to do that uh, because it, it, it can be a time when this, there's, the Holy Spirit is not working in us like he, he wants to work. I'm not going to say like he should. I'm going to say like he wants to work in our life. But here's a beautiful picture in Acts 9.31. In Acts 9.31, there's a movement of the Holy Spirit and a movement of the church, and they're simultaneous. And it said, uh, so the church throughout all Judea, Galilee, and Samaria had peace and was being built up and walking in the fear of the Lord and in the comfort of the Holy Spirit, and it multiplied. This verse alone, this verse alone shows the church in harmony. First of all, it's at peace, peace with God. And even, even in the midst of persecution, things going on, is the church at peace. It says in this verse that this is a church that is being built up. The word that is used here even includes a word that is connected to the word home. Uh, it is, it's like building a home, uh, but it also can be a picture of how important the home is, uh, even to the movement of God. That's how it happened. It just, you know, the first place of my ministry is not Hope Church. It's not this geographical area. It's my own home. It's the Eaton family. That becomes the very first place as a, a, of my ministry. And as a pastor, I want to help strengthen the home as best as possible. But we've got to let the Holy Spirit come in and work in that situation. We've got to allow him. Quit resisting. Quit staying in a nature of rebellion. So that it says here the church is built up. And that even like a home, it even includes the home. Another beautiful part of this is it says that they, the church fears the Lord. Uh, it has a great reverence for him. It has time that is set aside for him and the world has nothing to do with it. Whether it's our personal devotion time, it's the, it's the Sabbath, it's the day of the Lord, it's whatever. <clears throat> it is, we have a reverence for him, a reverence for him and a setting aside for him. It says that they're not only walking in the fear of the Lord, they're also in the comfort of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> they're being encouraged and comforted by the Holy Spirit of God. They're allowing the Holy Spirit to reveal the next steps, and then they are able to take them. <clears throat> and I want you to see the last thing that is here. It says, it multiplied, meaning, meaning the church. It said the church multiplied. That's why we focus on multiplication, not addition. It's multiplication. It said the church, it really was moving like a like a wildfire, um, and it 
the we do the big five here and you know the big five and it is, it's worship and fellowship and discipleship and evangelism and ministry and uh, we do that we ask you to do that every day of your life you can fit that in it is possible don't shake your head at me uh, it takes adjustment but you can do it and we, why do we do that so that you're in harmony with him that's why we do that it's not to brand some kind of a format uh, or to get anything out there that we can pedal. It, it, is, uh, it is the picture of being in harmony with him. We have the hope arrow, have spiritual conversations. O is open the Bible and, and predominantly the gospels. P is pray and listen. E is engage or eat with people. The arrow is that God sends you. We're doing that so it, it, we're, we're engaging with other people so that it brings this Holy Spirit harmony to their life as well. And what happens? Then multiplication occurs. When you and I, who are the church, are at peace with God, and we're allowing God to build us up, and we're walking in reverence of the Lord, and the Holy Spirit is encouraging and comforting us, it multiplies. Multiplication does occur. So it, the, the church in harmony, being the church in harmony, uh, which is which is why we don't want the Holy Spirit grieved or quenched. Because it, it, the picture is that the church won't be in harmony, and I can say that's probably where we are. Because we try every kind of a gadget and every kind of a trick and everything else when it needs to be a movement of the Holy Spirit. So I was in a conference um, a number of years ago in Louisville, and it was a preacher's conference, and uh, it was uh, held in a smaller scale of people, and um, I was one of several preachers that were a part of it, and we had a panel. Not only did we preach, but we had a panel. And um, one person asked the question, it says, when you give an invitation, uh, what what do you give? And in my mind, this is always my invitation. This was the answer that I gave. And I, I, I share this at Hope Church on a fairly regular basis, and obviously I'm going to be doing it again this Sunday. But I, I believe it's the invitation that the Holy Spirit gives us. Number one, and I'm talking about an invitation at the end of the sermon. I'm talking about an altar call or just an invitation to surrender where you are in the seats. But number one is, I think the Holy Spirit gives the invitation to come to him. Uh, Revelation twenty two seventeen. Both the spirit and the bride say come. Anyone who hears should say come. And the one who is thirsty should come. Whoever, whoever desires should take the living water as a gift. Matthew eleven twenty eight. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it tells us, Come to me, all ye who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come. So the invitation by the Holy Spirit in all of our lives, he says, come. Number two, my answer was, 1 John 1, 9, confess to the Lord. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and righteous and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So he says, confess to me, to be clean. 
stepping out of that rebellious attitude in our lives. Three, the invitation from the Holy Spirit is called to me. Jeremiah 33.3. Tyra and I talked about this verse the other day. Call to me and I will answer you, he promises. And I'll tell you great, mighty, incomprehensible things you do not know or even understand. But remember, the answer will always be on his terms. Not ours, but his. So the invitation number three is call to him. And then the invitation that the Holy Spirit gives is cast cast to him. 1 Peter 5, 7, casting all your cares on him because he cares for you. I want you to see that in all four of these invitations that he is telling, he is, he is pointing us to Christ. Christ is the one that I go to. He says, come to, he says, we're going, you go to him. The Lord says, come to me. Uh, confess, to, confess to the Lord. We call to the Lord. We cast to the Lord. I'm not casting this to the Holy Spirit. It's the, the Holy Spirit is saying my next step may mean to come to him or to confess to him or call to him or cast to him. And he, it's all pointing to Christ. Why does he do that? To get us out of that rebellious attitude in our lives. He's always pointing us to Jesus, always. And he, even in this invitation of come to him, confess to him, call to him, cast to him, it's all about moving us out of that rebellious state. Why? Because the Holy Spirit cannot work with you and I being in that rebellious state. Why? Because it grieves and quenches him. It puts out his fire. For us to be out of that rebellious nature is a surrender point. And that's exactly where the Holy Spirit is moving us to be, is to be in that point of surrender, removing us from a rebellious attitude and a rebellious acts in our life and even in nature in our life. He's doing that. Even Jesus said that he's going to come and convict the world of sin and righteousness and judgment. And the righteous part, that sounds kind of weird that he convicts us of righteousness. Long, many sermons ago, we handled this about righteousness. The picture of, of rightness or righteousness is if I've got anything between Tyra and me, then the, I've got to let the Holy Spirit tear that wall down so she and I can be in harmony. And she actually has a daughter named Harmony, as a matter of fact. But do you see that? I mean, he wants me to live in harmony with Logan, who's behind the camera. He wants me to live in harmony with T, who's back here working, and as one man said, preaching with her hands. Uh, it, it, do you see that? I mean, the Holy Spirit is working to tear down these walls in our life, and he leads us, uh, he convicts us of righteousness, meaning he tells us what to tear down so that we can be in harmony. And when we see this beautiful harmony in the church, uh, they're at peace, they're built up, they have reverence for the Lord, they're comforted and encouraged by the Holy Spirit, and it said it multiplied. You see that? Uh, we're probably seeing things happening because me and you are just stubborn. I said me, I didn't say you. We can just be stubborn, stiff-necked people, can't we? And the Holy Spirit's work in our life is to remove us away from that and to move us into this beautiful, rich harmony with the Lord. Amen. And that's where we want to be. That's where I want to see you get to as well. And we love you. Thanks for being a part of us. 
Don't quench the Holy Spirit. Don't grieve the Holy Spirit. Let him change us and let a movement of God happen and may it start in you, okay? Remember that I love you and we love you and you know what we say before we leave this place, right? Grace and peace and make sure you live in both of them and we've worked on this move for you right there, okay? I just want you to know. See you. God bless you.